Welcome back to Good Monsters. My name is Cody Lawrence, and in this episode, we are going to be talking about righteous disobedience. Righteous disobedience is necessary. On the Lord's Day this week, my wife and I went to church and listened to a beautiful, beautiful sermon on Romans 13, 1 through 7, a passage that is uh, sorely misunderstood, I think, in this day and age by a lot of well-meaning Christians and also many uh, malicious Christians as well, and uh, maliciously by a lot of people who call themselves Christians who aren't. It is a, a very central passage to understand, I think, for a lot of the issues that we are encountering as a culture. The pastor spoke firmly about the proper authority of the family, church, and state, and how they are all instituted by God. He spoke about the importance of submission, but the primary importance of submission to God. My wife and I had been wrestling with these concepts recently as uh, as we are living in a world in the West here. It seems like pretty much no matter what country you're in, Uh, There are churches that are closing and people are forced to wear masks inside of churches and some churches (laughs) are prevented from singing out loud. People are prevented from hugging each other, from shaking hands, from showing physical affection. Uh, And it's not what God intends. Not at all. And so my wife and I had been kind of wrestling with these things for a while because Uh, There definitely is a tension between living at peace with the world and uh, and submitting to the authorities that are over you, but also submitting primarily to God and primarily obeying God. And uh, even when the the proper thing to do is obvious, it's still difficult because uh, there are very real consequences for going against the uh, the cultural grain. And there are also very real consequences for uh, civil disobedience. It could, uh, well, uh, I guess part of it depends on which side of the political spectrum you're on, because for some people, civil disobedience, say in the form of rioting and looting, all that gets you is free televisions and, uh, <laughs> and uh, government payouts. But for other people, civil disobedience... Uh, in a godly way, lands you in jail, like Pastor James Coates up in Canada. Uh, So people, it seems now, including Christians, are all too happy to submit to whatever makes life easier for them. And this has always been true. But for Christians, it should be less true. But whenever things get hard, like right now, for Christians to be faithful, we see where people's hearts are really at, and we can see where our hearts are really at. I think just in regards to this passage about submission to the authorities that are over you, many Christians don't have the wherewithal to understand that they worship a criminal. (laughs) Jesus was put to death by the government, you know. He sure wasn't put to death for obeying the law, for making everyone happy around him. Every single disciple, except for John, was martyred for breaking the law. 
John was exiled for breaking the law, and then he died in exile. Uh, Stephen, the very first martyr in the Bible, was martyred for uh, what the the Pharisees thought was blasphemy, which was against the law. <laughs> so, uh, the Christianity is a is a history of criminals of righteous, godly disobedience, and necessary righteous godly disobedience christianity was illegal and punishable by death in the roman empire for 300 years after it was founded if christians obeyed the law like a lot of spineless christians and people who call themselves christians do today or believe they need to there would be no christianity because christians who wanted to obey the law would immediately drop their faith And in that case, isn't it obvious that following the law would therefore be more important than being faithful to God? God, when he calls us to faithfulness, wants us to be faithful to him above anyone else. And so being faithful to anything else, our culture, our government, our our, uh, husbands, our fathers, our wives, uh, is unfaithful if it contradicts the faithfulness that we are called to from God. What's God want? Your faithfulness to him or your capitulation to tyrants? Your fear of him or your fear of man? Loving him first or loving what makes you comfortable? Who are we called to obey above anyone else? God. Who is the government called to obey over anyone else? God. Who are husbands called to obey over anyone else? God. And so we need to realize that this passage submission to the authorities over you uh, doesn't only apply to us as citizens. It applies to our leaders too. Our leaders need to be submissive to God. Our leaders in being submissive to God need to run the government in such a way where they punish evil and they, and they reward good. And this is absolutely not <laughs> what we are seeing where uh, clear, clear um, political agendas are forcing churches closed and uh, shutting churches down, fencing them in like James Coates's church in Canada, locking the doors. But also, look, he's doing the right thing. He's meeting in private and they're worshiping anyway. They are following God's commands uh, first, far more than man's commands. And, and I think... James Coates is the standard. He's not the exception. So we, in our walks, we need to look towards him not as some kind of hero and also not as some kind of uh, um, villain for disobeying the government or even revolutionary or something like that because he's not doing anything revolutionary. He is doing exactly what he is expected to do. It is everyone else who is keeping their head down and giving in to tyranny to shut their churches down and to force them to cover their faces in in church if they don't want to and uh, to force them from not not touching other people that is tyranny and it is something that should and and is totally moral to disobey if it goes against the commands of god we should not cover our faces in church we should not uh withhold from 
from shaking hands and giving hugs, physical touch is is such an important and valuable thing, and and it is what our government is preventing us from doing. Even opening our own houses to more than ten people at a time is uh, is illegal in many places, and clearly this is not the way God intended us to be. We are to submit in so far as we are being obedient first to God, to the government, to our husbands, to our fathers. We are to be submissive to them in so far as we are being obedient first to God. Whoever is over us, likewise, they are under God first. I thought uh, the in the sermon I listened to over the weekend, I thought the pastor made a really good point, something that I think about often. Um, it's the idea that leaders are not only responsible for their actions, but they are responsible for the actions of the people who they follow. And uh, we, if we are led by a bad leader, we are also responsible for our actions. So if we do something bad because a bad leader instructs us to, and we give into that, uh, we are responsible for our own actions. But in a very real way, they are too. God holds people accountable for uh, not just their own actions, but the actions of the people who they're leading. And so that's why I think James says, uh, not all of you should become teachers, my brothers, because God will judge you more strictly. (laughs) Because your words, your actions, and your leadership don't only affect you, but they affect they affect the people you're leading. And uh, this this was an encouragement to me. It's, it's scary as, as somebody who um, who is trying to lead people in a good way. It should be scary for, for me and for you, if you're a leader of any kind, that God will hold you accountable, not just for your actions, but what you lead people to do. So there's a little bit of that that's scary, but it, it's also encouraging. I think, and it should be encouraging because we all have leaders over us and even the, the bad leaders, God will hold them accountable. God will, uh, reward good and punish evil as a good ruler should, even if the rulers immediately over us reward evil and punish good, (laughs) which is, which is what seems to be happening in the West. A lot and a lot more recently. Many parts of Canada are locking down more heavily again just recently. Uh, like I said, James Coates Church is is fenced in. The doors are locked. Uh, and it's private property, mind you. This, this private property is fenced in by the government. And also, uh, ironically, there are dozens of uh, police officers guarding, or there were at the time, I don't know if there still are, they might be, guarding the entrance, you know, like having dozens of uh, police officers out there around each other isn't a a violation of of health and safety concerns, but worshiping God is, right? Hopefully you see the irony. Churches are still closed in many parts of the world, even in America here. Many more churches are open, but they're giving in to social distancing restrictions and masking mandates just because daddy government tells them to. So hopefully you see the problem here. 
hopefully you see that um man you know it's uh, even even on instagram seeing the reaction of of supposed christians against uh whenever i say things like this like you need to obey god first and then the government to see their reactions it's shocking to me how blind so many people are it's it's discouraging and listening to this sermon over uh on sunday was was a real encouragement because it was good you know i've i've done a lot of thinking about this over the past few months and over the past uh over a year now since the pandemic, because um, this is this is infringing upon religion. This is the government overstepping its bounds, probably more than it ever has in my lifetime. And uh, and so this is more relevant now than ever. And and it just shocks me to see how other Christians view. That, you know, we, we just need to keep our heads down. We need to uh, obey the government, whatever it says. And not only that, but the the reaction whenever you suggest, like, no, if, if you're uh, vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> the animosity against that. Or, you know, if you're, let's say, not sick, you don't have to wear a mask. Or... If you, um, if you've already had this illness, you don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> uh, the, the animosity that that these people give often is uh, is it's shocking and it seems unloving. Uh, so uh, it's a little discouraging to think about, but even in the midst of all this. The, the point here is that we need to look towards God and not towards man. We need to fear God and not fear man. And we need to be encouraged because we know that by being faithful to God's word, we are doing the right thing. And it doesn't matter what man thinks. Even other people who call themselves Christians, it doesn't matter what they think. Here's a game plan for Christians living in this world right now. So listen up follow these. I have some uh, recommendations for church leaders and the hoi polloi. So if you're a church leader, don't wear masks, but allow for them in your church. Don't require social distancing, but accommodate people who want to. Be willing to go to jail or get out of your job. We don't need shepherds who aren't willing to protect their sheep. Stop telling personal stories in your sermons. Call out sin more than you do and reflect more on your own. And uh, and obviously, follow scripture, fear God more than man. For everyone else, don't wear a mask. Don't be afraid of an illness with a 99% survival rate and confront your brothers and sisters who are afraid. Make new friends. Invite people to your house for dinner as often as possible. And as often as possible, uh, invite more than 10 people over. Don't apologize when you offend someone with truth. And offend people more often than you do with truth. I think clearly, 
culture has taken a sharp turn away from Christianity, even though they've been driving away from it for a long time already. It's just easier to see now for us, I think. For me, at least, it's it's a lot easier to see, and I'm trying my absolute best to get that, to get other people to see this as well. And I hope you can do the same thing. It uh, it's it's lonely. <laughs> it's lonely sometimes because we are we're we're going against culture, but that's what Christianity has done from the very beginning. We are supposed to go against culture. That is our job. Remember, the Bible says a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Now is the time to disobey submissively. We shouldn't be excited to disobey, but the one we should ultimately be obeying is God. And so when we disobey, like I think we should against this tyranny that we're experiencing in the West, we need to do so. Notice what I'm saying here, disobey, but disobey submissively, disobey submissively to God. Because God is the one who calls us to righteousness, and God is the one who calls us to faithfulness to him. And often, all the time even, faithfulness requires going against culture. It requires making enemies. It requires doing dangerous things. But that's what we have to be willing to do as Christians if we want to be faithful. (laughs) 